Welcome to Pardon the Apocalypse. And today I have with me Dalton. Thank you for coming. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Today we're going to look at AI replacing human relationships. So one of the first things we're going to look at is an app called Replica that creates these chatbots that you can interact with, you can talk with, and it learns from you, and it will actually change according to however you talk to it. Got a pretty interesting backstory. The creator lost a friend back in 2015. I believe his name was uh, Roman. And to deal with the pain of losing him, she went ahead and fed all of his texts and other information she had about him into an AI and trained it to interact as a chatbot, just, just like he would. And as dystopian as this might sound, I, I got to give Black Mirror credit on this one because this is pretty much the whole plot of one of their episodes, the uh, Be Right Back episode. This came out in 2013 and her friend didn't pass away till 2015. So they actually came out with it first. Back in my day, well, actually Twilight Zone wasn't my day, but before my day, shows that were, you know, dystopian like that didn't actually come true. I mean, what do you think, Dalton? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, we don't see vampires walking around today, but uh, I do see some people walking around that might look like a vampire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people are definitely getting stranger by the minute. Oh, yeah. Spending more time inside. I think we all need a little bit more vitamin D these days. Yeah, and I think that's one of the craziest things with these apps is I think a lot of us just thought that sexual drive would be stronger than about anything, but really loneliness and just that drive to socialize. Exactly. I think COVID changed a lot. I think putting people in their homes, isolating them, I think it changed a lot with our uh, mentality, how we communicate with people, how well we uh, carry conversations. And I think people are just taking the easy route with this new app that you're talking about. Dating is very difficult. This social hierarchy that we have in and not only in this country, but on the world is very competitive. And it's far easier to get a, an AI girlfriend that will tell you and do anything for you. And, you know, rather than having that real pushback of, of human emotion and uh, controversy, maybe. She'll tell you exactly what you want to hear, right? Right. That's right. And that's a very dangerous place. You know, echo chambers, regardless of the topic, are very dangerous, whether you're talking about... Uh, you know, a strategic advantage or some sort of business idea. You know, if you're in an echo chamber, that's a very dangerous place. The first thing I'd advise is to go find somebody and ask, dis have them ask you very difficult questions. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I'm right with you. I like to hear some dissenting views, you know, if they have yes. some facts behind it. I'd rather know like, hey, why is my car going to break down or why sh I should invest in this thing? Right. You know, rather than just thinking I'm right, I would rather be told I'm wrong, learn something, and then be right. I Absolutely. Don't... And I think partly what has driven this uh, need to always be right is social media. We always want to look the best. We always want to feel the best. We want to show everybody our best. So oftentimes we find ourselves in echo chambers because it makes us feel good, which is why this AI becomes so addictive, in my opinion, or at least these social uh so, social media girlfriends or whatever that is, you know, whether it's OnlyFans or some sort of AI program, um, all of these are very idealistic, but I think they're harmful for people overall. You are right. It, it does feel good to hear people telling us we're always right. Absolutely. You know, the, 
old days, you would talk to people in the same room as you, you know, whether you're at the post office or just anywhere. Nowadays, you don't have to talk to the people right beside you, especially if they might have different opinions. And I think it might have been a good, I think it was a good thing back in the day because, well, if I had a terrible idea, someone would tell me like, hey, don't do that. Absolutely. And I think that's the best part about free market capitalism. Um, I think it allows the better ideas to float to the top. Now, this can certainly be manipulated with the proper advertisement and, you know, uh, lucrative, yeah, propaganda or lucrative financing or whatever it is, you know, anything can be manipulated. But I think free market capitalism, free market ideas, I think is the best scenario to, to create a competitive country, a competitive business, to be a competitive person. You know, I think as an athlete, you learn very quickly, you're not good at everything. And when a coach tells you you need to work on something, you can do one of two ways. You can take them serious and you can work on it or you can ignore them and it'll continue to be a shortfall within your game or within uh, some sort of business that you have. You know, maybe you, maybe you lacked on the tax side. So now you're getting hit by Uncle Sam later on down the road. You know, we all got to prepare um, as much as possible. And I think, uh, more people need to start doing rather than planning. We all plan a little too much, in my opinion. Yeah, that's kind of like all of us with our, our diets. Like, yeah, I'm going to get to it. And right. I'll tell you, the uh, kind of like the health clubs, boy, first of the year, it's a great time for them. <laughs> yeah, they don't have the facilities to take care of all those people, but they're gonna, most of them are going to be gone in about two weeks. So right. Something like, I've heard something like 85% of their income comes from people who almost never go. Absolutely. Planet Fitness created a great business structure by, by creating a facility uh, meant for people who don't like to work out, knowing that they'll just pay the monthly subscription and never show up to the actual facility. So it's a pretty amazing uh, business structure. Oh, yeah. Uh, genius. Yeah, I'm kind of running a little experiment of my own. I go into Planet Fitness right now and every week uh, just put another uh, two and a half pounds, you know, on the bench or the squat and just see like, at what point are they going to ask me, uh, sir, you're, you're probably going to need to leave. Yeah. You know, and, and this is what's crazy. Is, <laughs> I, I'm not a professional. I mean, it's just right, like none yeah. of us lift a whole lot there. So I'm yeah. just wondering like, well, what if I just lift a little bit more? At what point will they say, Hey, sir, uh, you're taking this a little too seriously. Well, i tell you what, we got another gym that I can bring you to if they kick you out, my friend, just keep okay. working hard, keep working out and doing your thing. Don't, I wouldn't worry about them. You yeah, know, as I'm getting uh, older, I've definitely <laughs> focused a lot more on posture, you know, yeah, I, you know, for me, I'm a jumper. I played college basketball and I was, I was a big into jumping. So flexibility for me is rule number one, flexibility and mobility, making sure all your joints and everything are nice, nice and lubed up, um, staying flexible, staying stretched. You know, it's all, it's always good to move big weight, but if you can't move at the age of 50, what was it for? You know? So good point. A lot of people tore up, can't move at all or absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of taller. I see a lot of other big guys. They just, they stop moving. They look terrible once yeah. they stop working out they eat like they used to but they definitely don't work out like they used to absolutely and i think all of these things kind of contribute to this ai situation uh we were previously talking about you know people are getting comfortable we have this this thing with an addiction to comfortability and i think it is something that every person on this planet has to fight every single day no one wants to get up and go work out in the mornings or get up and go to work all day you know, but we have to, it's something we have to do. We have to keep pushing ourselves out of this comfort, comfortable realm that we fall in. And I think that's part of what evolving is and growing as a person and maturing, you know, it's, it's learning these, these trials and tribulations the hard way. 
you know, I always say there's, there's the hard way and there's the harder way <laughs> and, and you oh, pick yeah. one, you know, and, and I don't think anybody just picks up anything on the first try and just has it all figured out and everything's perfect. You know, I think everything takes a little bit of work, a little bit of time, effort, uh, you know, a lot of energy, you know, many billions of businesses have been created or millions of businesses have been created, um, off of an idea that curiosity started. Right. I think curiosity is one of the most beautiful things that humans have. Okay. It's what's pushed us into outer space. Uh, it's what's pushed us to, 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 to live to 80 years old with through, uh, you know, scientific development and stuff like that. Um, curiosity, we have done a lot of amazing things and we've done a lot of horrible things in, in the name of curiosity. I agree. And we definitely need more of kind of that inspirational talk. And, you know, that kind of ties in what we were saying earlier. People don't want to hear what they, don't want to hear absolutely and, you know it's good for us to hear what we don't want to hear from from time to time 100 percent. yeah and speaking of curiosity i'm sure there's a lot of lonely people out there that will look to ai as a solution and i don't think they're going to find the you know the solution they, they're looking for and I, like i said earlier it is really crazy that this isn't so much a sexual drive thing because there are more not safe for work things on the internet that they could go find and this is more filling that loneliness need and I think the craziest thing about this is that these younger generations are getting hit with the, this loneliness epidemic more than anybody, and they're more connected. They're connected to more people. They interact with more people than any previous generation, yet they're struggling the most. They're the loneliest generation we have. And looking at the, the business case for this chatbot replica, they saw like, hey, People want this. And I think a lot of it even came from when she created this bot where her, it would interact like her deceased friend. Well, other people asked, like, hey, make one for me, for, uh, for my friend. And, I mean, obviously there's a need there. And then they got a lot of investors who thought, yeah, this could make a lot of money. People, a lot of lonely people, a lot of people would use this. And it's just crazy. This is the road that we're going down. I mean, what are your thoughts? I completely agree. You know, I think it's super interesting. Uh, there's a major financial gain to be had if you're one of the first people with your foot in the door. Um, but I think what most people don't understand with many things, things that take time are overly beneficial for people. When you work out, you don't get instant satisfaction. You don't instantly have a six pack. Um, I think this is very simple, similar to the AI chat. I think a lot of people will have short-term success. I think people will have short-term dopamine releases and happy, quote-unquote, relationships with an AI chatbot. Um, you know, that may work for a little while, um, but when that, that high wears off from getting that dopamine release, from having a girl text you or something like that, you know, I think that'll quickly fade. It may be a few years. It may not fade. Um, but I think that's one of those short-term satisfaction kind of deals where instantly it'll take off and then it'll just slowly start to die off. I think many people understand that the good things in life take time and take a lot of work and effort. And I don't think this is one of those things. I think a, a real relationship with a great, beautiful young woman is by far the best thing you can have in a young man's world. And Trading that for an AI chat bot, I could never see myself doing that, but I know a few men that, that, that would sign up for it, and it may help them. But I would be concerned about the long-term mental ramifications behind 
communicating with with a chat bot that does not really care about you it just was told it should care about you and where that flips in the other direction i don't know but i i agree with you and the crazy thing with society is that you'd mentioned dopamine it's these real quick little easy to get neurochemicals i mean they make us feel great but you know, we're just chasing these all the time. Like, hey, I want the dopamine and the novelty and the excitement of something. Or, you know, I see a cute little puppy and the oxytocin hits me and it's like, oh, he's just adorable. I want this thing. And, or someone else wants him and then they get him and they won't take care of him because, you know, they just wanted that quick little hit. I think the fulfillment of accomplishing something long-term and it just, it's just missing. I, like, I, a lot of people don't hear about like vasopressin. Let's say uh, you have a, a couple and if they go through a stressful event and they successfully conquer that event, that vasopressin, kind of like oxytocin, will create a bond. This vasopressin will create a very strong bond. I think you know, you've been on a basketball team and you've understood that camaraderie of coming through these really tough situations. That stress didn't ultimately come out as just pure trauma and you don't know what to do with yourself. You're probably like, man, I'm closer to these you know, my fellow teammates and I've ever been in my life. Like, this is awesome. We're ready. We're ready to go to battle again. Absolutely. I think, I think pressure creates diamonds. I think people are a block of marble and every problem they have in life, it chips away at the sculpture they build. By the time they, by the time their, their time clock punches at the end of their life, your, your sculpture looks like what you did your entire life, you know, if you've spent your entire life playing video games, sitting on the couch, eating unhealthy, not not minding your health or social awareness or financing, you know, that sculpture is going to look rough. But if you spend every day working hard, trying to be a good individual, taking care of people around you, I think you'll have a beautiful sculpture. And I think everybody's idea of what a beautiful sculpture is different. I don't think there's any one right way to do it. Um, I don't think I think everything in moderation is OK. Um, so I think controlling and monitoring how people use these apps and these AI tools is very important. Um, my first example of this would be social media. You know, I think social media is a beautiful thing and it has connected so many people. A lot of my business partners um, are from overseas, you know, so, some of which I've never even met before in, in, in real life. And so the internet and social media is a, a beautiful thing, but if you use social media all day long and it's all you're worried about and it's, and it's circling your life i think there's a lot of things that you're either trying to cover up or maybe a mask in a way and i don't know if that's healthy necessarily but i think anything in moderation can be done right but anything uh that has turned into an addiction even a healthy addiction working out is great but if you're working out six hours a day seven days a week your body isn't going to last more than five to six years and i think that's a problem uh, that a lot of people fall into. Um, it's all about moderation. You know, eating healthy is great, but if you're going to tell me to eat crickets rather than my steak, I'm going to have a problem with that. Boy, I, I, I love steak. I love steak too, buddy. <laughs> like, I don't eat a whole lot of food, but boy, just, man, I feel good after steak. Like, I could eat a steak and it's just weird. Like, I won't feel as hungry. It's as if I ate two meals. Exactly. Like, like I don't know. The way your protein, the way the protein is dispersed throughout the body is very different. Not that we can't survive on eating crickets, but is it optimal? Because you know, I hear I, I watched an interview recently uh, that was talking about vegetarianism. 
Now, there's no pro, there's no nothing wrong with you being a vegetarian or or as long uh, as you get what you need. Yeah, as long as as long as you're a healthy individual and you're living a good life, and I think the idea behind being a vegetarian and saving the animals, I think that's as fake as fake gets. I think that was great marketing, is what I think that was. I think uh, the pesticides and the farmers protecting those so-called vegetation crops. Um, is far more detrimental to our environment than me going out, walking five miles in a field and hunting a deer by myself or with one of my relatives is far less harmful for our environment than uh, spraying 500 gallons of pesticides on all of your lettuce. You so know? you field dressing that deer and dragging it back to the cabin is going to have a lot less carbon footprint Absolutely. Than, you know, my uh, tractor. <laughs> absolutely and my combine and, and i don't I, you know i don't want to knock too hard on the farmers because that you know they're just doing and trying to optimize you know the system they have in place and you know with with the cost of everything growing um you know whether that be the cost of their own machinery the cost of the land the cost of the pesticides all that's going up so they have to increase price they have to maximize uh, uh revenue and output so i understand why they do it it's just it's great marketing. It's the same argument I'd make for electric vehicles and this clean energy. Okay, when you import or when you mine uh, the, these uh, minerals out of the ground and you ship it to another continent to be created into a battery, then you ship that battery to an entirely different continent to be put into a car, and then you ship that car to an entirely different continent to to be sold on a lot somewhere. Did you really save the planet by driving an electric car, right? And then how did you charge that electric car with a diesel? generator or, or or some sort of cool plant you know so it, yeah and i can't even remember yeah tesla recently switched from less cobalt to using more of a something that uses more iron which is kind of a not as great battery but you know it's what we have and we can right. produce more of it but yeah it's there's some challenges there i kind of wish that the government many years ago had put more research into battery research i mean you look at what we did with solar i mean it seemed about every like 20 or 30 years we seem to double the efficiency which is kind of crazy when you look at it on a yeah. graph yeah i would like to think that would keep going but at some point these all plateau i agree but boy we can hope for the the best of that and kind of circling back you're saying a lot of people looking for the short term and you're you're obviously this long-term thinking you're looking to accomplish some things but i think a lot of the media we're just lacking these stories of people building and creating something we all want to mm. say hey i'm superman as opposed to mm -hmm. the superhero who had to build their powers you know like you know, Batman had to work to do what he was able to do. And I think we see a lot of that with influencers, you know, and you know, I think I saw a funny one the other day where the influencer got called out for taking a short little video of them in first class and they didn't buy a first class ticket. So they're kind of shooing them back right. into, I don't know if it was economy, but it was one of the mid-levels and it's just kind of hilarious, but we see a lot of that. Like everyone just wants to, you know, they want the story of, finding out like, hey, apparently I'm just king, you know, right. or something like that, as opposed to accomplishing something that was some destiny or something. And it just, I, I see these themes a lot in, in Disney movies and it's just like, there's no fulfillment in watching the, some of them sometimes. You just, you know, you want to see some of them build themselves up as opposed to it just being destiny. Absolutely. I think people far too often, again, for like you said, for the short-term benefit, uh, want to walk out of that cave as Iron Man, right? They don't want to build the suit themselves, right? And it takes a lot of time to be a competent 
uh, well-rounded individual, you have to go through trauma. You have to put yourself out there in, in, in difficult circumstances. And many people these days don't want to do that for the sake of comfortability. You know, I, I, I work outside most days, uh, so I'm in the heat, right? Today, it was like 104, 105, something like that. And, you know, most people are opting for jobs in air conditioning. Now, there's nothing wrong with air conditioning. I love it, okay? Don't, don't come at me. But I think there's a large contributor to, to people not spending enough time in nature lately. I don't think, you know, it breaks my heart not to see kids riding bicycles around town, playing outside, playing football at the field, you know, or, or playing hoops on the corner down there or something, you know. People, people just aren't outside anymore. And I think that has That's a large contributor to people being socially awkward. I think largely children specifically uh, being raised on the internet, being an iPad kid or whatever it's called. Um, I think they're a little socially awkward. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but I do think they, it comes to their detriment. You know, they're, they're, it takes a long time. I was a poor, a poor public speaker to this day. I'm still not a great public speaker. But the only way you get better at public speaking is speaking in public. Yeah, <laughs> you mass know, practice yeah, and special, you know, specifically task specific, mm -hmm. you know, mass practice. You know, you can think about it and visualize it. That's good. But at some point, you do need to start saying it too. And I had the kind of the same experience uh, learning a lot of different things in, in English through school. Like, well, I can kind of learn all these different parts of the language. But boy, when I got to college and like, you know, you need to write you know, a whole lot of pages on this. And the next week you need to write a whole bunch of pages on that. It's really quite weird that that improved things just drastically for me, just because it was, it wasn't even what I was learning, but it was mass practice. And it just, it really clicked for me at that point. Exactly. Repetition and pushing you outside of your comfort zone. You know, I know you were dragging writing those papers. I don't like writing papers either. Oh but, yeah, uh, off to the end. <laughs> but, you know, in, in, in this day and era, kids are using AI to write their papers. And that's where we're going. You know, we, we went to, I remember somebody saying one time uh, how sophisticated society had gotten at one point, whether that be art, music, infrastructure. And what I see in recent times is all of that has been replaced by simplicity and easy access, whether that's whether that's a time frame or or a supply and demand kind of curve. Because what you see is rather than building an incredible home, we we have these pop up houses, these insta houses, or whatever it is, right? Or or instead of staying in the gym for 10 years. You, you ha I see children hopping on steroids and all these PEDs and stuff, right? This instant satisfaction yet again. Uh, you know, I think music has taken a turn. I think art has taken a turn. AI is another thing art is, or AI is killing art right now. And that, you know, it's another one of those tough subjects where our language in itself, we went from it being highly sought after to be a great communicator to now we we speak sentences in a few letters, right? We're saying IDK rather than I don't know, right? And it doesn't really save us much time. We are just changing our language model all the time. You know, you talk to somebody five years younger than you and they'll be saying words we don't understand, you know, and, and that's just kind of the way the ball turns and you just got to stay uh, as flexible and as adaptive as you possibly can to stay competitive in this in this era. Yeah, well, I'm for it if it makes the language better, but they're actually making it worse. And you pointed out, like, I don't really want that. And you were speaking a lot of just all of these things where people need to get outside, people need to do these, you know, put in the time to accomplish something, get that long term 
satisfaction. They I know need... a lot of people will, will try and say, well, well, you don't know my situation or I'm poor, this and that. And that's why I look to this AI for companionship or whatnot. And, you know, that might be true for a lot of people. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. That does. But we also have to acknowledge that most of these users, we have more users on Apple than we have on Android. So financially speaking, the better off demographic is more prone to this AI companionship. So we all have to be honest with ourselves. You know, is it because I'm poor? I mean, if I have like the nicest iPhone, it's probably not that. You know, it's probably because I have some other issues. Absolutely. I'll make this statement here and it might get me butchered, but it's okay. If you live in the United States of America right now and you are continuing to use excuses, okay, they're just that. They're just excuses. We all have a rough life. We all haven't been fortunate, okay? But the only thing we can do is continuing to walk forward. If you can't run, you walk. If you cannot walk, you crawl. All you can do is make progress. I think we're a living organism. I think if we're not growing, we are shrinking. If we're not getting stronger, we are getting weaker. I'm not saying that people uh, aren't largely disenfranchised or people aren't at a disadvantage in certain circumstances, but I think falling to the victimhood of using it as an excuse as to why you could not accomplish a task is an easy cop-out mechanism uh, that many people today are using over and over and over again. And quite frankly, I'm getting tired of it. I know a lot of I know a lot of the older generation is getting tired of it, even though they created this beast. I think a lot of people just really need to take self-accountability for 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 what they do within their life. You know, my my one of my brothers was much larger when he was younger, and he has spent uh, the last three or four years heavily working out, and it has treated him well. You know, it took him many years before he even saw any progress at all, but that fat quickly turned to muscle. And he realized that if he continued down this path, he would be a force to be reckoned with. And he used to be bullied when he was younger, which I'm sure is a large contributor as to why he got in the gym and got healthier. But I think that's what people need to do. They need to look at their circumstance, understand where the problem lies, get a pen and paper out, write down all the problems you see in life, whether that's financial, health, um, socially. You know, we were talking about the AI chatbot. It, it is difficult and it is embarrassing to talk to females, especially as a young man. You know, when you're navigating this world while watching these Me Too movements come off, you know, you're scared to interact with, with women because you never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, we see cases recently where women that a man has talked to 10, 20 years prior is making an allegation, which is very, very scary. I have younger, younger friends of mine who have women sign pieces of paper saying that everything was consensual just so it doesn't come bite them in the butt 20 I years hate, from I hate now. to say it. There, there needs to be an app for that. And it probably is out there, but it needs to become mainstream. Absolutely. I was looking at that NFL punter. He lost millions. Nothing happened. Right. If the prosecutor says, hey, I have nothing to work on here, I'm dropping it because there's just nothing here. Like, that's crazy. There's a whole documentary that was manufactured on Marilyn Manson now. Yes. Creepy looking dude. Like, I thought, yeah, I love rock music, so I listened to it. But as it turned out, it was an ex-girlfriend who was feeding to another ex-girlfriend of his what to say. Right. And... You know, she felt terrible and she wanted to pull it back and just, there was a whole documentary about this, mm -hmm. about everybody saw it and it was just crazy. The dating atmosphere, I think for guys is getting kind of terrible right now. And I think 
with these uh, different dating sites has really, and just social media in general, has really changed things. Looking at some of the stats that have come out, pretty much all these messages on the dating sites from the women to the men are going to about 5% of the men or less. And that number keeps shrinking. shrinking. So back in the day, yeah, in your hometown, you had a couple of studs and all the girls were taking their shot at, you know, getting with that one guy. But, you know, after everyone paired off, everyone's kind of in a room and that, you know, I'm sure that stud and that hot girl have already paired off. I mean, a lot of other people start pairing off as well. I've just out of necessity. But nowadays, if everybody is looking at that one super hot person, you know, five states away, well, yeah, a lot of, a lot of women are apparently from these sites have really high expectations and they all want that top 5% guy you know, and all the metrics. So it's just, it's making it very difficult for a lot of these guys. That's probably why a lot of them are, are checking out. Yeah, I think you're exactly correct. You know, I think back in the day, people used to date within their local communities and that was a healthy way for us to spread and tribe out. Um, but today with the internet, it has allowed people to communicate who don't even know each other. And it has allowed people to fake a facade or fake a personality which, is, which has led to unrealistic expectations. You know, I remember back in the day when women would talk about how makeup made them feel um, unhappy with themselves or they felt the need to use makeup to make themselves feel better. And we replaced that with filters and social media and, and lip filler, body filler, and all these things, right, which just create further unrealistic expectations. And largely what has happened is... The male population, in my opinion, has totally failed um, to live up to expectation. Yeah, to live up to the expectation and to be successful and to it it is too easy to get comfortable as a man today uh, with AI chat bots and AI girlfriends. You know, they don't feel the need to to go be an adventurous, exciting individual anymore uh, because being a Fortnite gamer is just as cool on the Internet because you get paid really well. Uh, but I'm here to tell you, money doesn't get women. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And what we put status on, I think, affects that quite a bit. And yeah, I think it's as, over-exaggerated with social media. And I think the comfort thing that you're talking to as well, that like with boys, say, hey, we're going to go ahead and split some uh, some firewood so we can put it on the stove over the wintertime. You know, you've got to tell the kid, hey, you got to lean into this. This is uncomfortable. This isn't fun. But once you start to overcome it and it becomes easier then, hey, you feel great. But I think we just kind of tell everyone that any kind of discomfort, you know, don't power through it. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to avoid this because this is bad. This could right. create trauma. This yeah. could be damaging to you. And Fall we're- victim. Fall victim. That's what they want everybody to do. And it's a very dangerous mindset. I think, you know, largely with women, they have an unrealistic expectation of what they want in a man. And the internet has created that. And I think the overwhelming criticism that men often get, which we ultimately deserve, in my opinion, comes at the detriment of men and women. This is what women don't understand oftentimes when they're uh, dogging men so hard, is it's not helping. <laughs> you know, men, men, uh, men in this generation tend to shut down when, when not properly celebrated. You know, we, we don't even have a celebration in this country of when a man becomes a man. You know, we don't have a 16-year uh, Mark, that hey, you are now a man. You must carry yourself like a man. You must take care of people around you like a man. 
Um, so I think largely a lot of a lot of kids are just confused. But then with the idolization of of college life and all of these things, you see, I know people who are 25, 26, 27 years old and still don't have their life together. Now, I'm not saying that there's a specific year you need to have your life together, but if you're still partying like you're 21 years old and 27 years old, you know, you might need to look yourself in the mirror and decide if this is a, what you want to do for the rest of your life or whether you want to put your boots on and, and go make something of yourself. You're right about that. At one point, in previous generations, kids would threaten to leave the house before you know they got to college or before they turned 18. That is definitely not the case today. They're like, hey, can I just hang around a little bit longer? Even if it's not a financial thing, they want to hang around longer because it's just, it's Dependency, easier. exactly. It's easier. They have food in the fridge. The bills are paid. You know, it's comfortability. And I think that's what everybody and and largely myself as well. I'm not excluded from this. I love to be comfortable as well. I love to cuddle up on the couch and watch a movie and hang out more, much Relax. more than I like stacking wood and splitting logs, you know. But that's one of those things where if it's the day that it needs done, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to split that wood, and then I'm going to stack it up. It's just because I am a man and these are the things that I have to do for our family to survive. And I think largely that's what people don't have to do today. Well, and I think there's a lot of kickback for parents who try and have their kids responsible and doing something because your kids are out mowing the lawn like oh that's child labor you know it's like right. man for crying right. out loud like and i mean there's there's a lot of kids out there that want a challenge but we're just not letting them have that and we're kind of sheltering them so much all that, i'd say for that argument is if you have an iphone right now you can't make an argument about any child labor laws you were mentioning earlier about how women chasing the top 5% and how that can be discouraging for the rest of guys. I've seen some interesting statistics from Forbes, and they say 57% of single adults in the U.S. are not looking to date. So over half of them are not looking to date at all right now. And I find that really shocking. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think it's scary. I think we are, like Elon Musk talks about all the time, population decline. We, I think largely people have been sold this ticket to be independent, to do it by yourself, to live life and have fun, right? Li live it up till you're 25 and then try to settle down. But, you know, the reality behind it is many people find the most connection when they're young, when they're learning, when they're growing. And a lot of that development comes with heartache, with struggle, with, with trials and tribulations. And I think what happens is many people under the guides of comfortability don't want to better themselves. So rather than finding a relationship where maybe the woman, the woman uh, wants you to be a better man, it's easier for you to to check out of that relationship and to just fall within your comfortability or your deficits or your negatives rather than trying to grow and develop and be a better man. I think many people are just taking the easy route. So yeah, I, I think what happens is people fall within this comfortability of, of being single or saying they're single. I think a lot of people find themselves in a situationship where they both parties consider themselves single, but are in this fling kind of situation. I'm not sure that's good for society either. I think that's what causes a lot of these single mother homes and single father homes and different situations like that. So you're saying they're chasing that adrenaline filled butterflies in the you know, short term high. Like, hey, just exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think a lot of people don't realize that you can't be in that pure adrenaline state forever, forever. that super high dopamine state. That's why 
heroin addicts, you know, they, the high can't be super, super high. You know? Plus, I, I don't want to have any kind of high that's, you know, technically, neurochemically speaking, you know, more intense than sex. Absolutely. You, know, you call me Amish. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't want you know, that big of a high. Yeah. You know? And I think this is where people have a false sense of understanding. They they look at social media and they glorify a lot of these things where they they oftentimes forget to appreciate and to be grateful for the things that they do have and the things that they are good at. I don't think you need to be six foot tall with $100,000 a year and all this stuff that women are demanding. They may demand that on a camera or on a microphone or on a podcast or something like that. I think oftentimes, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're in the right place at the right time and you're respectful, honest, caring individual, I think you can find a woman anywhere. Now, whether that woman that likes you is going to be good for you, that's an entirely different circumstance. That comes with dating a lot of women or communicating with a lot of women and having a, a social awareness of what's going on, you know, we can all find a girl, but whether that girl is good for you is your decision. Yeah. And looking at some of these stats, I think obviously, you know, men and women, they still like each other's company. They like being around each other. Some of the disturbing facts come down to commitment. So for instance, mm. if we look at how many men and women are single, we could say it, I believe it's 32% of men consider themselves single while 28% of women consider themselves single. So there's a 4% difference here. And I think it really comes down to is that, you know, the guys don't want to consider themselves in a relationship because it's that commitment part. Mm -hmm. You know, I think maybe through family court and all the other different things and through divorce court, it doesn't exactly help them out in many cases. And there's a big movement. They're just not getting married nearly as much as they used to. Right. I, I think that pendulum swings both ways. You know, I think for a long time, uh, women were neglected in divorces and that pendulum swung on their side. Right. You know, when we talked about Me Too a little bit ago, you know, there was a long time where women were not believed when they said something occurred. That is wrong. If something has occurred, I'll be the first to tell you, if you touch any of my women, any of my sisters, there will be a problem. And I don't call the police. And so, you know, I think, I think what happens is the pendulum swings in both ways. Women, women weren't listened to, and now they're overly listened to. Now you see instances where men have allegedly committed a crime and their life has take, taken a turn for the worst, um, financially destroyed, and then you find out it's not true. What yep. I would hate to see is for that pendulum to swing back in the other direction and women not be listened to again, right? Same thing so with you these want it where there's due process. We look into things and try and find the truth. Like I, I any, agree with you. Like anything else. Like anything like they else. Like they teach anything else other than vaccines and jabs, evidently. I believe it was Biden when the Supreme Court Justice, I believe it was Kavanaugh, was accused of doing inappropriate things, uh, I believe maybe raping somebody. Anyway, he was accused and Biden's response was, you have to believe the woman. And it really sounded like he was talking in a very general sense that you always mm -hmm. have to believe the woman, but he was accused shortly after. So by his own logic, he technically raped a woman. Right. And, and, and this is where it gets to be a very scary place in, in time to be alive. When I, when I say I have friends who make women sign NDA, NDA papers or disclosure agreements or anything like this, that's a very real thing that young men are having to deal with. Um, you know, when you see someone 
from 20 years into someone's past. Again, I'm not saying things didn't happen or maybe there wasn't a disparity in communication or something like that, but that's a scary thing for men to look at. When you when you look at diving into a relationship, not only do you have to worry your, about your wife leaving you with a flip of a coin, but you know she's going to end up uh, 97% of alimony is paid from a man to a woman. So you're not going to win that battle. Generally, the man makes a little bit more, not because men are killing it out there with respect to women. Women are actually graduating at better rates and Which begs we have the high question. power lawyers and all these different things. The problem lies in that guys are more likely to settle for somebody who makes less than them, but women are very particular at finding someone who makes more than them. So yeah. it sets them in a good situation that when they do break apart, yeah, if the man's already making more, it's going to work out better for her. And, and, and another thing to throw in as another variable would be age. Men often prefer women that are younger than them, whereas women, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, podcast, but I think it's seven years older. Women, on average, prefer a man that is seven years older than themselves. I find that very interesting. Right. And I want to say it comes from a sense of responsibility. When 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 a man looks at a woman who has a child he automatically assumes that he is now going to have to take care of that child if he pursues her. But whereas when a man or when a woman is pursuing a man who has children, she doesn't automatically assume that she's going to now be responsible for these children. She knows that he is already responsible enough to take care for this child's well-being, or at least in most ideal situations, I'm hoping the man is taking care of his child. The roles are just entirely different. How we look at that strategically is entirely different. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just how it is. Now he's probably mentally matured more at that point, gathered more resources, more exactly. likely to carry for those offspring. And there's probably a big evolution thing there too that because the maybe the people who had preferences you know for the same age or for younger men well they didn't produce as many offspring so that preference in the dna didn't show up i find it interesting you said seven i believe i've read somewhere that they were looking through dna from way back in the day and they came up with the average difference between a man and a woman who had a child was seven and a half years. And that's looking at the DNA. And I think you were talking more on just like surveys and preferences of right. people in society today. So it's interesting. Wow, it, it just bled through. That preference is still there. And, you know, a lot of that comes from security and comfortability. You know, when you have an older man who is set, who is more established, more mature, um, I would say maybe they're easier to deal with, less casualty or less catastrophes or less, you know, Awkward scenarios when we talk about how how awkward these young young kids are coming into the dating scene today. You they know, like that confidence of the old, yeah, they like man, the confidence. The you know, yeah, absolutely, and all that comes with something time. happens. Absolutely, and all that comes with time and experience, and often that comes from an older man. Or, and, and most people will say, "Oh, well, why isn't it the same for women?" Well, because men and women oftentimes look for different things. In my opinion. Me as a man, I'm not looking for a woman to have more experience than myself. That, that comes to a problem. And oftentimes, when that dynamic does happen, the woman often gets bored of the man who is more inexperienced or, or, or not as financially set. You know, We have what I like to call FOMO, fear of missing out. These, these individuals watch social media. They see these other lives and they want that to be their life. And if you can't give them that life, you're not good enough. Well, I'm here to tell you, you are good enough. You're just going to have to work a lot harder than you are right now. You can create that life there. This is my problem with the United States. And often people fall into this victimhood. 
You can do it. I'm here to tell you, you can do it. It just takes a lot of hard work and dedication. Yeah, and in a capitalistic society, you know, every time someone exchanges their money for one of your goods or services, they're saying, hey, what you have is more valuable to me than this dollar. Otherwise, they would have held on to that dollar. And that's the greatest thing about it is that it's creating more value than what's being exchanged. And that just benefits everybody else. And I think that's where men fall short in the dating field right now. I think men are largely the problem with what's going on in dating. Now, this is an, uh, kind of an off-topic subject, but we haven't been as self-accountable lately. I don't think people in general, male or female, have been self-accountable. I think we've been bailed out a lot, whether that's big tech corporations, big banks, the government themselves. I think people are far easily convinced with good language, good marketing, with no real backing. And my prime example of this would be the COVID vaccine. With good marketing and continuing to repeat the word pandemic, they convinced everybody that an illness no different than the common cold was catastrophic and needed to be shut down. The economy needed to be shut down. People needed to be isolated. Get in your home, wear your mask, and get your jab. And I think that was all done through creative marketing. I'll say with the finances that we put towards it, the trillions of dollars for shutting down the world economy for a while could have been better spent. We look at it, it looked like pretty much everybody kind of did get COVID and every year poverty is the number one killer. But mm -hmm. you know, looking at a lot of the stats in the U.S., kind of breaking that down a little more refined. Heart disease, number one. I call, it pro I call it processed food disease. Processed food disease. That's fair. And uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it has nothing to do with all of the horrible food we are consuming on a daily basis as to why people's hearts are stopping. Yeah, Just I'd saying. say we, we pretty much imported heart disease to China. Correct. Yeah. Uh, you can thank us later, China. <laughs> and yeah, I kind of looking at the COVID stuff. Yeah. Um, did COVID ever beat out heart disease? No, there was not a single month that we had more COVID people dying than from heart disease. Now, I will give it, it did beat cancer one month, but only one month. So, yeah, if we really wanted to save a lot of lives, like, if you can force people to get a jab, I should force them onto a diet. And I think I'm well within my right because I'm saving lives. When we look at what this government is doing with our tax money, we as a society need to look at this and really analyze. And I, frankly, I think what happens is people don't care. You know, they have so much going on with keeping up with the Kardashians and watching the new football game or watching the new Netflix series that they simply don't care about politics. They don't care about what the government does with our taxpayer money. Yeah. And it's a really bad place to be. And, and we fall in this, in this hole where we're allowing someone to tell me what is true rather than me opening my own eyes, looking around. Work, it, of course, yeah, it takes a lot of work. And honestly, you have to be prepared to take on people. I, when I was going through college, I, was, I went to a private school, and so they can basically do whatever they want. And when they started requiring masks and social distancing, I would have to get my temperature taken, and I would have to go through a whole health check before I was even allowed to I walk on campus. I used to have to take temperatures. Right. Luckily, is the one where I could just hold the thing in front of their forehead. Right. You know, and in my opinion, that looks like a form of social conditioning. And in my opinion, many of the things they said on repeat were not true. Right. All these things behind. Oh, if you get the vaccine, you can't transmit COVID. If you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID. All of these things wrong. were disproved. Right. But 
when I was in school saying these things in class, I was absolutely crucified. People looked at me and called me conspiracy theorists, called me crazy. And all I would say is, guys, look, I'm simply saying things. I got that with the lab leak theory. Yeah, yeah. And And I say these things not to impose my worldview on you. But to plant a seed for you to go home and do your own research, you know, you know, think to yourself, hmm, what was he saying? Let me Google this myself. Don't look at what the what what the news media is telling you. Don't look at what the government is telling you. Go genuinely do your own research. Go look around with your own eyes. See how people are interacting with each other. And if you think things haven't changed in the last three years, you must wake up. I agree with you. You know, do your own research. You know, the scientific method, you know, don't trust, verify, redo the experiment, see if that comes true. And I ran into an NPC the other day Mm. and it was pretty obvious he was an NPC and that he was talking politics. I believe he was very strongly left leaning um, and he was saying a lot of different people were corrupt. And I, I just happened to, on both I, sides, on both sides. And yeah, it actually is on both sides, but he was saying it was just on one side. And so I, I asked him like, man, it's kind of crazy. We had the uh, oldest president in history and then we had the oldest president in history. And now uh, the two front runners, again, we're going to have the oldest president in history. Do you think that's really representative of what people want? That people just said, Hey boy, these millennials are sure happy to see the oldest president in history again. I mean, I mean, whether they like this person more than the other, do you, there's got to be someone out there these people would want more than the other. And the guy just wasn't having this part of the conversation whatsoever because he was completely unable to say anything even neutral and not just grand about his own guy. So it just, it goes to show how programmed some of these people are. And I think that's, and I think that's inherently a human thing. I think we're very tribalistic. Side. Right. Yeah. I, well, I think we're very tribalistic. I think even when you get into high school, middle school, you start to see people tribe up, right? And as we grow older, we do the That's same so thing. We tribe up. <laughs> and often what happens, rather than what the idealistic American view of everybody saying their opinion and then everybody voting on which opinion we think is better. We don't want, or in in this case with the guy you were talking to, he didn't even want to slightly agree with what you said because oh, you're on the opposite side. You may be, you may have the opposite view. This guy might say the enemy might have some okay people over there right. that right. aren't Satan, Hitler, or whatever. And see, I think what people need to understand specifically with war, this idea that there is a good guy and a bad guy is so wrong okay people wake up every day to feed their family across this planet and largely in the united states we have this quote unquote moral hierarchy where we think we are better and we think our views are better and so we like to impose those on other people so when we go around and saying oh he's a bad guy now was hitler and stalin a bad guy oh absolutely he was a bad guy right i'm not arguing that fact but not all war is as simple when it comes to 57% of single adults in the U.S. not looking for a date, now this isn't because of the chat bots. It's many numerous things, but this is just one more thing kind of you know, adding to the net of the whole situation. And looking at fewer younger people looking to date, you know, just more and more every year are starting to check out. Fewer and fewer looking for these long-term committed romantic relationships. You know, I think a lot of this comes down to just, we're kind of replacing people. I I saw a sign the other day where it said, farmers in this county feed 155 people and you. 
So that means that, yeah, we're kind of left to our own devices for a lot of this. And we, a lot of different places, we see some of these things where a lot of these interactions and things of fulfillment we used to get from other people, we just, we get them from other sources. Like I could look at a, uh, a cute little puppy. I mean, just the oxytocin is just kicking in and you just love this little puppy, you know, and we could look at it versus, you know, the wolf. The wolf can't manipulate its, you can't articulate the muscles in its face nearly as much as a domesticated dog. And the domesticated dog has literally been bred, you know, inadvertently to uh, appeal to us. So you think that's, oh, it's a cute, adorable thing. I'm going to take care of that now. Where a wolf with its more pointy nose, you know, maybe a greater hunter and can run for miles. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel for the thing, but boy, it just, you know, you about tear up, you see a, a puppy get hurt, you know? <laughs> right, right. It, I think that's a human nature thing. You know, we like things that are, they're furry, cute, and cozy, and a wolf isn't quite that. Yeah, but uh, if you ask me which one I'd like on my team, I choose the wolf. <laughs> yeah, I like a, a wolf. Will, you know, a more wolfish dog at least would protect me a lot better than that little pug. And I, I think it's kind of terrible that we've taken that kind of squashed down face with the big eyes of the pug. I oh mean, yeah. yeah, it kind of reminds Horrible. us. You know, I mean, it, it kind of triggers probably the same oxytocin kind of reaction we see with a baby or a toddler because they're adorable they got that big head and the big eyes you know it just triggers something in us and yeah i think it's sad we've taken it so far that these things can't even breathe you know very well on their own and you can just hear them struggling to breathe so often there's there's a lot of foundations out there actually kicking back against that you know against these snub-nosed breeds it's just kind of cruel to the animal and that's you know i love some of these interesting breeds of dogs but you know, even like some of these big dogs, we've bred them so big. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't know that you had to get their stomach stapled to the wall because it will spin and it'll flip and then they, you know, they can die within, you know, 24 hours. It's just crazy looking at some of this stuff. And, you know, it's just, I think there's a lot of little things out there that are kind of replacing these uh, interactions. No, I think you're exactly right. The genetic modifications we have been making lately is insane, whether it's animals, humans, uh, uh, disabilities. You know, we have made a lot of progress. The question is, like a pendulum, it will swing the other way and we will eventually create something that we can't stop. Well, I was going to say with uh, creating something we can't stop, like you just said, if you look at a lot of the AI out there, you look at a lot of the different projects we get, like Siri and some of these other different things that talk to us, they almost always use a female's voice because it is, we find it less threatening. It's comforting. You know, even in emergencies overhead, the voice sometimes will be you know, a woman's voice because it helps us stay calm in those situations. And I, I kind of believe that like a lot of these robots and different apps that we see, you're like, yeah, it's going to give it kind of this cool slick face, but it's going to give it bigger kind of, you know, eyes, you know, they'll probably keep it out of the uncanny valley there for a while. They won't go too realistic, but they're going to have something that looks kind of cutesy, you know, something that looks like an anime character non-threatening and we see that art style about everywhere nowadays you, know, you look at even like some of the uh digi pets from back in the day like that's kind of a smaller cute little digit you know of course kind of blocky looking thing but you know look at pokemon i mean they're not so realistic as they're kind of cutesy and you know adorable it almost looks like a little pet animal that you would have or a baby or something more than some vicious predator that it kind of is in the game i guess but mm -hmm. it's just it seems to be the trend that we're going i think ai is going to be going that way as well you know when it comes to ai taking all the jobs i kind of feel like there's going to be legal kickback they'll make bills saying hey we got to protect the jobs and 
I think the programmers at some point might try and get the AI to act more alive and fake consciousness and feel like it deserves rights. And, you know, if AI ever gets, you know, rights like humans, I think it's going to be a, a fake play to make them look like more human just so that, you know, the, uh, the top elites can make more money by getting these AI rights so they can take our jobs. But I mean, it's, it's so far out there. It's hard to call. I, I think what, what is kind of happening is a divide, right? I think the, the process between people who have real girlfriends and the people who do not is only going to grow. I don't think it's going to shrink, unfortunately. Um, and I think it is far more financially beneficial for them to make them look as appealing as possible, to sound as appealing as possible. And everything you just said was correct. You know, hearing a woman's voice is second to none, right? And so creating all these apps to optimize your dopamine receptors and everything that makes your mind tick, it knows you better than you know you. And, and that becomes a very scary point when, when we're talking about giving AI rights, right? We're talking about giving a computer a right. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. But then when you ask the question, okay, well, if we do give it rights and it becomes sentient and it can make its own decisions, is it fair to wage war on a thing we consider a being if it's trying to kill us? If AI decides, well, humans are largely the contributor to climate change, largely con the contributor to, to... If you were at a point to stop an AI threat, and if people saw it as life, well, would then we, they would claim it's genocide. Right. So would we even say, hey, stop it? Keep it, about, keep it about. And the problem with that is, I mean, it's worse than you know, a biological virus, which can just grow very, very fast and spread out. Well, a digital, you know, AI... Boy, it could copy and replace itself in a million places because once it gets past the security codes, and you know our government talking about, hey, cryptography, we just need a government backdoor for this. And that's just a terrible, terrible idea. People always want more control, government specifically. You know, you, you, you're either giving more freedom to your people, which is what we fought for here in this country, or you're giving your freedom away to a government or an institution or an idea or a religion. Well, I, I'm a big believer in people worship something. You may not worship God. You may not worship uh, the government or your city or your town or whatever it is, right? Or your, your football team, but you are committed to something. And whatever that is, I hope it is beneficial for you in the long term. I hope it's pushing you in the right direction to be a better individual, to seek, to seek financial freedom, to seek social social awareness and social freedom because because there is a sense of comfortability and confidence that comes with surviving something that was detrimental to you or could be considered trauma i don't like the word trauma yeah. um, because it's overused and people people love to 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 victimize themselves i don't believe myself well, it raises your uh, your status in the society if you're a victim or if you fight on the behalf of someone else who's right. been victimized especially if you throw someone else under the bus who didn't mean to say something or you twist their words then right. yeah it absolutely would. puts someone puts you at a higher place than them because oh you should feel sorry for me i think it's kind of interesting looking at the twitch streaming service when it originally came out you know it was marketed as like hey a lot of people like playing video games. A lot of people like watching video games. And they kind of thought, hey, this is going to be the bread and butter of this service. And eventually, like a lot of things with the internet, it kind of got taken over by... Young, beautiful women. Yeah, it got taken over by, yeah, young, beautiful women. And so a lot of the rules 
were getting bent where you obviously, you know, there's no nudity, but you know, the next best thing that they found out they could get away with was technically someone could wear a swimsuit as long as there is a hot tub. And somehow they stretched that to where if they bring in a little plastic outdoor pool into their living room, they could declare that's a hot tub if they put hot water in it or something. And so, so yeah, I mean, basically that kind of took over Twitch on the top spots there for the longest time. You know, I would not want to open up the top spots and, you know, of Twitch and show it to my kids. You know, I'm just, I'll just hide that from them for now, but it's really quite crazy. The, you know, evolution of this whole process has kept moving and hopefully I say this right, but the rise of the waifu VTuber has been insane. So for people watching, uh, not an expert on that, waifu is a non-live action character that someone is romantically attracted to. So there's not a physical person or human. So it might be a character in a video game, a comic book, a manga, you know, or, or just anything, or even an animated series. So that would be a waifu. And then the VTuber or virtual tuber would be someone standing in front of a camera. And when they move their arms and their legs or their face or whatever, well, there's an avatar on screen that moves like it. So the avatar might be a, a dragon or a zombie, an elf or a cute little bunny or who knows what. But it's going to be one of those things. And apparently these are dominating Twitch right now in the top spots. And I find it kind of crazy and almost a little bit ironic you know women kind of stole the top spots but we don't know these if these vtubers are really men or women and i think they might be getting beat out by dudes right that's that that is a very interesting point to be made and i you know it it's another testament to men are very competitive and if men have to dress up as women to make money you know i, I mentioned earlier about how we have women selling pictures of their feet for for more than a man who works 12 hours a day pouring concrete. When a man sees something like that, he says, hmm, okay, so I just need to dance in front of this camera with an AI program graphically putting some costume on me. He's Make like, it some well, animated character yeah, who might yeah. be over-sexualized, yeah. even though it looks kind of uh, like a kiddish cartoon a little bit. Now, me yeah, personally... So it's all questionable, yeah. Right, <laughs> me personally, my dignity could not take that. But many men who cannot afford to, to continue to live or cannot, you know, are, are in a bad place... I, look, I, I'm, I'll be the last to tell you to do anything to get your food. More, okay? more to your point, nudity and the, a lot of the not safe for work stuff is not allowed in China. They're afraid it's going to go ahead and make their people weaker. And yeah, they might be right on that. It's crazy you say that when people really need to make money, they're going through hard times. I guess when it comes to uh, undergarments... Well, you can't have women in their underwear like the, uh, the old Sears catalog. That is not allowed. So under the unintended consequences, I know their government didn't think that men would start putting on female bras and, you know, things like that, but it actually gets more attention in the ads. Mm -hmm. It makes them yes. more money. So yeah, there are men who are, you know, more of, I guess, the skinnier variety, <laughs> I believe, but you know, they're dressing up in women's undergarments to make more money. So yeah, it's exactly what you were saying that if men can make money and they're competitive or they need to, yeah, they they'll wear women's uh, bras and things Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. You know, when we look at you mentioned China, uh, when we look at the in the future, if you ask, there was uh, some study done that they asked a bunch of the children in China 
uh, what they wanted to be when they grew up. And I believe it was astronaut and engineer were the top two cho- choices. And if oh, you wow. asked someone in the United States, what, or if you asked a child in the United States, I guess? what their preference was. Influencer? Yes, it was YouTuber. And, you know, that's pretty detrimental to, to the development and growth of a country when you're looking at the future. Now, for a long time, we over-glorified college, lawyers, doctors, etc. I, I do agree that that was over-glorified for a long time, but it was financially incentivized to do so. The schools made a lot of money by doing that. There can only be so many doctors and so many lawyers. There, you know, I don't know what the dropout rate per, per uh, college degree is, but I would imagine the very difficult ones, such as doctor and lawyer, are probably the most likely to be dropped out, right? You're, you're, I doubt you see it's many gender yeah, studies. They push a lot of people out of there because right. it's tough to get it. And I think it's unfortunate we're not serving our own economy's demands because when you look at that, we have X amount of jobs that require a college degree. We have created more people with degrees that want degree required jobs. They want those jobs, but we've created more people than we have the jobs. And on the other right. end, we've underserved the other side of it too. People who could have got out there quicker, made money quicker. Well, we've uh, disincentivized and told a lot of these people status-wise, you're just not as cool unless you go get that degree. And so we have all these jobs that don't require a degree but we don't have enough people for them. So we've swayed it that way. And I think a lot of people too don't look at things in the correct light. You could look at it saying an engineer is not looked as highly as a doctor, but I believe up until age 45, that engineer is living a wealthier, happier life. Well, I don't know about happier. He's, you know, he's got more money than that doctor up until about age 45, maybe even a little older. And if people realize that, like, hey, you know, especially if, you know, you want to enjoy your younger years, be an engineer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I like, I think it's a uh, societal conditioning yet again. Gotta chase you know, that status. Gotta be right. that doctor. Absolutely. And I'm not even saying what people, in, what they're, what they're incentivizing or insinuating uh, in China is even positive. I'm not saying that's the good thing. However, we think that it is going to benefit us as a whole in society that the number one leading job for our children is YouTuber, we have a, a very rude awakening coming ahead of us. And I think that will cause a lot of problems down the road. I think I'm okay with it because I work trade job, or at least one of my uh, portfolio or one of my ventures is a blue collar establishment, brick and mortar business, et cetera, et cetera. I think cool. the, the cost of our business will only go up. I think as more people aren't mechanics, the more people who aren't pouring concrete, the, the, the higher that dollar value will go up. I believe I share everyone's experience at Home Depot where, where is that old person who knows everything? Yeah, yeah. I can't find him because every time I go in there, there's just more and more young people. And if it's not on the website in the description of the item, and they, they, if they don't know which item to look to, if you don't know exactly what would be best for it, they're not going to direct you to it. But there's just not enough of that really old person who's done so much, they know where to send me. And someday he's, he or her isn't going to be there anymore. And well, I don't know. I'm going to ask ChatGBT or, you know, go hit, you know, one of the Discord, uh, you know, channels and be like, hey, uh, any, any old folks in here that know right. all this stuff? Like, I need some help on this. Right. You know, keep me from going down the wrong path on this project and wasting a bunch of money. And, and, and you know, it, it, as much as money is the problem, time is also the problem. You know, by you stopping that 
that elderly individual and asking them a question, you save yourself from walking up and down every single aisle or spending 20 minutes on your phone looking for it, right? So a lot of these these avenues and a lot of these paths, I believe it is your job to pass on the knowledge you have gained to your children or to your peers. Or, you know, I, I do a, a large bit of, of research into a wide variety of topics, but my favorite thing to do is to try to educate people. It is try to to plant a seed in their brain and say, hey, ask more questions. Try to figure this thing out rather than rather than buying a bicycle. Buy that bicycle, take it all the way apart, and then try to put it back together and see how well that goes. Know that bike, know how to put it together, know how to build it, and understand what makes it work. And people just aren't doing that these days, whether that's comfortability yeah, or lack of knowledge. Way a lot of young people where if you come into a situation that is very specialized to whatever equipment that you're running or working on and there's nothing else like it in the world, a lot of them will run into a situation like, well, there's nothing on the internet, there's nothing here, I can't ask Siri, I can't ask Google, you know, there's nothing we can do on this. And literally like holding apart, flipping around a couple times, looking at and see how all the parts come together. Yeah, they, you know, there's just not a willingness to try something. I think they're so used to the success rate being close to 90% that if I had to try five different things and maybe get it on, or try, let's say four things and get it on the fifth, like when 80% failure rate, it's almost like it's detrimental to their ego or just their self. Who knows? Like they just feel so uncomfortable. They don't want to try that. And I think that's a real, real problem. It's very unfortunate because what most people love to see is the finished product, right? However, when we watch a movie, we see the superhero get beat up long before he stands up and beats somebody up. Right. And so, you know, I think people are, are, are glued to this instant satisfaction and looking good for their peers and, and over glorifying their success where I, I think being humble is one of the best things you can do as an individual. I think oftentimes it will benefit you in the long run. People underestimating you is the best thing that can happen in your life. Okay. When, when someone underestimates you, they totally count you out. They, they're not considering you as a threat. They're not considering you as, as an opponent, as an enemy, whatever that may be, which gives you a leverage. It gives you a chance to stun them, to, to, show, you, to show them how capable you are, how intelligent you are. I, I, I really struggle to see how people fall into I, this I think you had a lot of that back in the 80s and 90s kids. People would be talking smack or something. And, and I think the response back then would be like, oh, yeah? Watch All right. me. And let's get on the court. Exactly. And nowadays, I think it's kind of more the opposite. And I think that's a lot of our fault. Yeah, it, it, it is absolutely our fault. But this is where I, I, I do push on the older generation a little bit. You know, I've heard for a long time, oh, these millennials, oh, these, this younger generation doesn't know how to work. Okay, well, the harsh reality is you raised us. And, and if, if society today is falling short, that's nobody's fault. Put the people who raised us, and, and I'm not going to point fingers as to who that may be, but I think largely a lot of these problems we are having are not happening in other places on this planet. And so I think it's a societal thing, comfortability thing, where we, we have solved a lot of our problems. People are not starving like they used to. People are not freezing in the winter like they used to. And so we're creating more problems than we can solve at any time. There's many problems that we haven't solved over 20, 30 years, and we're trying to create new problems yeah. rather than fully solving I think a lot of that ones. stuff is real interesting. 
that you look at all these great societies through history where they have the most going for them. They have the biggest advantage over everyone else around them. You're like, how could these ever have fallen? But it's happened so many times that there seems to be something in human nature and societies where once they get on top, there's kind of a self-sabotage mechanism, Absolutely. whether it's getting lazy or whatever it might be. But it, it seems to be something there because all those great nations seem to just slowly fall apart at some point. They rise and they all fall. We all see this with, with sports teams. You know, sports teams go on, on a two-year run all the way up to an eight-year run. You never know how long it's going to last. You know they're good. You know even after they go on a losing streak. You know they're still good, but what has happened? It's the culture that, that accumulates around that team that they, they fall victim to their own deficits. Oh, well, we don't have to practice as hard because we're the champs, right? That's a very, very bad mindset to have. Kind of, kind of reminds me of a lot of the Disney series shows with the kids in them that the parents cater to every whim that they have. I remember having explained to my kids, be like, yeah, that's great that their little costumes that they have there and the little electric car that he's driving through that house and all this stuff. Like, I'm sorry, but that's not typical for most parents to spend 10 grand on one child's costume for Halloween. That's not typical. Absolutely. But, and that's kind of the uh, the debate between Disney and, say, uh, Malcolm in the middle, is that, boy, for each ad that you put on that Disney thing, you can get more money per ad because you're teaching the kids watching that, that they're going to be more demanding, they feel entitled to more stuff, that the parent's job is to give them everything they want so they can have this perfect childhood. Where if you watch like Malcolm in the Middle, it's like, wow, uh, if you're poor, you know, the kids don't demand like, hey, you have to give me anything and everything in the world. Like, like that's not the demeanor in that show. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of sad because I mean, yeah, I think in Malcolm in the Middle, I think there was some little interesting little lessons in there too, but you know, shows like that aren't going to do as well. And that's why people kind of wonder where the disconnect is like, Hey, this show was great. Why did it fall off? Like, well, if the ad dollar, you know, how much they get paid for every ad isn't good. If people aren't clicking and buying the stuff. Like that's kind of terrible. And so these emotional people who are just going to buy anything and everything, well, the shows are going to be tailored and the ads to those people who are these short-term thinkers that you can get them to buy stuff that they shouldn't because they're increasing the value of every single ad. And so, yeah, so that you see a trend that the shows tend to be that way a little bit too. And I think, you know, that's kind of sad. Hate to double down on the bad news, but recently the Be Real app has ran into some financial issues and it looks like it's falling through is unfortunate. So this app was intended where you don't have to be like that super influencer or everything in your life is perfect. If I go camping and I just roast some marshmallows, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's not as grand as what these influencers are doing, but it's okay to be me and it's okay to do normal things. Like everything doesn't have to be the greatest and the grandest. The ironic part about this whole app, you know, making us feel comfortable with being ourselves and being human, well, 95% of the users are bots. And I think, boy, there's a lot of that going on on the internet nowadays, but I mean, where, where do we go with some of this? What do you think? Man, it pays to be cool on the internet. And that's what a lot of these guys are trying to sell. You know, you see these gurus selling these courses or whatever, and a lot of it is for attention and likes. I believe the new currency is attention and time. I think the more time you can get to some to 
somebody to watch something. You know, we were talking about earlier about the ad revenues with these different uh, uh, movie platforms. You can see why people or companies lean towards one direction. It's strictly a financial decision. This is what breaks my heart is I would love to believe uh, as the moral American, I like myself to be, or I would, I, I strive aspire to, be, to be, aspire yeah. to be, yes, that these companies would make the same decision, but they're simply not. And you see in these be the, with the, with the be real company, uh, you see these individuals create bots to spam accounts, to like accounts, to view accounts, all for financial gain. And it came to the detriment of the company, Be Real. And, you know, it's really unfortunate. And I think that is a large contributor to why people are unsatisfied, because a lot of what they see is simply not real. It is exaggerated. It has been touched up, you know, and, and it. it it's tragic. It really is tragic. And I wish people could understand you are, you should feel comfortable in your own skin. You're beautiful. You're strong. You're intelligent. And that's what you have to tell yourself every single day. Otherwise you fall short. And I always believe you shoot for the, you shoot for the stars. Even if you miss, you land close to the moon, you know, you're, you're, you're in space. And so got to be happy with where you're at. Yeah. And as you were saying that attention is the new, attention is the new currency. Boy, it's like the uh, casinos were the forerunners with all their confusing layouts, no straight line paths, and I can't see the windows the outside. They hit all the clocks, and they're always, you know, they're giving you all this alcohol when you're in there. And yeah, that's kind of what they just, all, they hired a lot of the same people, got pushed out, you know, to all these different social media and all these different things on the internet. And it really is just quite crazy. But I guess with all these different bots, you know, I mean, think if a casino, if they had a bot looking human that could come up to you, and through their interactions, they could kind of get you turned around a little bit. You know, maybe you're about to walk out like, hey, I'm going to leave. And then they distract you and be like, hey, look at this at the blackjack table or something, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, if you think right. about that, if they could do that in real life, the casinos would have done it. And I think that maybe that's a little bit of what's going on, you know, online is just Absolutely. a lot of these fake bots are just getting us to mull around and uh, keep us corralled in the spaces that we're supposed to. Yeah, echo chambers, you know, they... They're trying, and part of it is a marketing style. You know, we've seen this for a long time, even even back in the day with TV commercials. The way they would they the way they would structure certain TV commercials would absolutely tie into this same theme of bots and things like that. You know, you you have to sell the hype when you when you're selling a fight, a pay per view fight. There has to be some conflict, right? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name specifically. Uh, Cowboy, Cowboy Carl, something like that. You know, he's a an, an amazing fighter, one of the longest fighting careers out there, but he's a very boring individual to watch in the pre-interviews because he's a smiley, happy guy. He wants to shake and hug everybody. Now that's fine and dandy. That's a good and enjoying person. Enjoying life doesn't create the trauma or the tension that gets you to buy stuff. It doesn't get you to click on the pay-per-view. We love to watch people like Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul, who's not a fighter, but he sells fights. That's the difference. Yeah, from doing YouTube, he does know how to sell. Oh, sell he absolutely them. knows how to sell. And not to knock the guy, because he's done a great job at it. I mean, he's made millions. But if you asked, if it, or if you asked him in 60 years, or in 50 years, because hopefully he's not dead yet, if he would have done it differently, I'm sure he would tell you that he wishes he would have been more true to himself rather than trying to appeal to everybody else to make that sale or at least i feel in myself i would rather be a genuine individual uh rather than trying to sell a facade to somebody i think that's one of the 
sad things about business in general is that we all want to feel important. And I think one of the hardest parts is to make ourselves less important for the good of society. Mm. Ooh, say that again. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is hard. That's it important. is hard to, you know, make ourselves less important for the good of society. And I think he's kind of maybe caught in that loop a little bit where he has got all this attention online. And if he doesn't continue to get more and more attention or at least hold you know, pretty much most of what he, he's had already, starts to feel a little bit like he's kind of failing or slipping or mm-hmm. just, you know, he's not in his prime anymore. And I think that's the, the hard part because you see a lot of things like that. It's kind of like with the Kodak uh, Corporation. They had all the, the film industry. They, boy, they had that cornered pretty well. And for them to tell them like, hey, because they, they actually saw the digital sensors for digital cameras first. And to tell them like, hey, I know this is painful, but I need you to make a little less money for the next couple quarters or longer, but you could maybe spin this out into these other type of cameras and provide these other services that you can make more money off of. But yeah, this will absolutely threaten your physical film you know, industry. And they weren't, they weren't willing to do that. And yeah, and that, that's down to their demise. So even for, them, for their own sake, people are afraid to harm themselves temporarily to save their, you know, their own future. Yeah, it, it, it's, that's a human nature thing. Uh, you see this with fighters who have fought for a very long career. You know, they get towards the end of the career and they start losing fights. They know it. Everybody else knows it. But guess what? They're still a fighter. They're still going to wake up, show up, and go fight. Back in the day, there used to be these phone numbers, or probably still are, where people could call and have someone talk to them in a lewd voice and talk to them about, all kinds of not safe for work, you know, stuff. Well, nowadays they have something called OnlyFans where people can pay money to have that person do different things on screen. You know, they're not safe for work as well, but now there's a visual element to it. So it's more popular. And so it's kind of, kind of taken over that part of the industry anyway. So people could pay money to text back and forth with one of these girls, or at least think that they're texting back and forth with one of these girls. And obviously this one girl couldn't text back and forth to say like a few hundred or a thousand guys all at once. So she might have a small army of underpaid men or women texting back, acting like her. Now this is where it gets pretty crazy with the AI. They've trained an AI to respond to questions or speech, you know, just like she would. So whatever she would say back normally, the AI will say back, and then they took it a step further where it's not just in a text coming back, they've actually trained it on her voice. So now you can get an audio response back as if you're talking to the person. So they opened up the demo. You know, this isn't primetime, the demo, and they made $70,000 in five days. They think that they could possibly make $5 million a month off of this. And the crazy thing about it is, well, if the AI is responding, you don't need all these people in a sweatshop, you know, texting all day, you know, pretending to be you, you could just have the AI, you'd have, uh, just rent a little bit of server space and that thing's going to go ahead and handle that for you. You know, maybe a hundred, 200 bucks a month. You could lose a whole call center of people. It's just crazy how fast this is moving. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible how, how quickly it is developing, you know, like the internet did, uh, in the early two thousands, it grew really fast. At first people were unsure. And then they dove, you know, head deep into it. 
I think that's what's going to happen with the AI as it evolves. You know, like you just said, the amount of money that that was made off of that account was incredible compared to how much manpower and energy and time it took to develop it. And I don't think it's going to slow down. I don't think it's just going to stop or be put on pause. I only think it's going to grow. I think, you know, these kind of things, once they're developed and created, or there's only one way for them to go and it's up and it'll go that way for a long time. You're right, because, I mean, the cost metrics, they speak for themselves. I mean, it's just cost almost nothing. and it It's just almost unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. And the amount of money that these m- women were making to begin with was astronomical. But then you add in uh, the, the fact that now they don't even have to respond. Like uh, you previously mentioned about uh, with the AI art, you can create a woman that does not exist and have a full video and audio and... And all of these things, you know, you're kind of opening up this wormhole to the question, what is real anymore, right? Which is a crazy thing to think about. Uh, but, you, you know, you may have a, a social media profile that you see on Instagram or Facebook. And, you know, right now you may not be questioning if it's real. But what in 10 to 20 years, if, if those accounts become fake? with a fake face, a fake voice, uh, you know, yeah, a no. fake product and, and people are running scams off of it or whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. Normal people have blemishes on their skin. No one right. has perfect skin that AI Which is, generated one has right. none unless they train it to say, Hey, put a mole here or something. And yeah. You know, it, it, and, and that's the thing why it's so competitively or it, it's such a competitive advantage. The variables are infinite. The, the amount of times you can revise and edit are infinite. You know, when we record a video together, you know, if, if we make a mistake, we have to re-record. That's another, however long the video was, you know, you have to edit it. Exactly. But if we did this whole conversation AI generated, you would never know. You wouldn't have to do any editing. The editing, there might, there might be an AI tool that will do this editing for you. I'm not even sure. I'm sure if it's not developed already, it's being developed right now. <laughs> I guarantee it. Oh, yeah. I'm using AI to reduce reverb. There you, know, you go. And you can yeah. use it to reduce noise. Right. You, you can... I've seen a lot of automated software you can use that will take out every silence that you have in your podcast. You can use it to say, hey, every time I have a silence that's greater than two seconds, I want you to go ahead and and chop it for me. And it will do that for you. It's really quite amazing. It's a great tool. And it can be used as a great tool. That's the the thing with, with these new inventions that we have. They can be used one of two ways. Everything is created with a pure intention, okay? Even everything down as simple as a firearm. Okay, they were created with good intention, but it's people who use them malicely. And it's checks and balances that keeps those things in place. And I think we are coming into a kind of Western style AI era where there's going to be pure chaos because there are no rules and regulations. And it will take some time for lawmakers to put things in place to kind of check and balance these kinds of things but it'll take a little bit of time oh, for that to be gonna developed it's going to get crazy like you said everything's just moving so fast like other chat bots for the same purpose and you can ask it to create a, a selfie for them based on whatever you asked it and it will listen and do that and it's quite just crazy and i think one of the disturbing kind of dystopian parts about this is some of these people are creating these relationships that they're becoming dependent upon you know, speaking of replica, I believe it was February 1st of 2023, they tried to pull back some of the more flirty sexual aspects of the app 
And boy, was there a revolt on Reddit. People were upset. Paid customers were dropping out. They're getting criticism from everywhere. And they kind of had, had to do a rollback. And it's quite crazy just how angry people work. I mean, you would think that they had murdered their real actual <laughs> friend in real life. Right. Which, again, I beg the question, what is real? Because that relationship that that person feels is very real. The emotional connection and attachment that that, won't, that person may feel to an AI chatbot is very real. This is where it becomes a gray area to navigate, you know, because I don't want to say that it's a, a mental thing that, that one can be manipulated into believing something that isn't real, but that's absolutely yeah. well, true. I think it's <laughs> a lot of vulnerable people. Like you look at poor grandma who's widowed and she's a, a target for a lot of catfishing operations. Like, yeah. hey, here's some military guy who doesn't exist who's all of a sudden interested in her one post on this weird website or something. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, that pain is real. And, and another thing I would love to add right here real quick, I remembered hearing an article about a mother who got a phone call. And the phone call was her daughter crying and screaming, saying she had been kidnapped. Oh, that was last episode. Yeah. We oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. We, those are super scammers. Yeah, you're right. That is absolutely... Yeah, they, that's mind-blowing. generated off yeah, of her voice. Yeah. It is nuts. And <laughs> that's something we're going to have to navigate. You know, I remember, you You know, you're talking about a veteran uh, messaging a grandma or something like that. I remember when my grandma was getting phone calls from the quote-unquote hospital saying she needed to pay oh, this no. bill. She needed this. And... You know, my grandma didn't know any better, so she just puts in her card information. Next thing you know, oh. the bank account's maxed out, and we have big problems, right? These are all very real scenarios that we're going to have to navigate through this through this AI development. And, and many people need to start questioning a lot of the things that people say and do. Believe in what you think is real. That's all. That's all yeah, I can you do. Sound like someone who says our happiness shouldn't be dependent on this digital being or very much con so. you know semi representation of a consciousness or representation of a personality of whatever it is and the really crazy thing about this is like it really is almost like their significant other for some of these people they're so dependent on how violent they get when they can't have it i mean these things have tipped people you know from you know going away from suicide and in other situations it's pushed them further down that path it's quite crazy quite weird to think that the most important relationship in their life, they don't actually own or have any right to that personality that was created. Even though they interacted with it, they helped the AI to, you know, tailor it and mold it into that personality that that, that character is. They don't actually own it. That company owns it. And think of how ruthless they could be if they say, hey, we're going to raise rates. You know, if you, you want to ever see your your best friend in the world, well, you better pay up or you better kick rocks. You know, and there's nothing they can do about it. They own that character, you know, that personality that you've helped train. It's it's going to be scary what they could do with it. That's a very interesting point that I had not thought of, to be honest with you. And yeah, it does open up this paradigm of control. Yet again, we talk about control and people always wanting more control. That's another prime example of how you could in real time change the world. I mean, you, you, if, if you, let's just say, for example, if you had 50% of the population that was heavily addicted to something like this, you could convince them of almost anything. 
right? We convinced the world two years ago that everything needed to be shut down, okay? I, I, I have opened my eyes. poverty probably killed more than COVID. Right. Yeah, Farmers I, in India who don't make a good crop, yeah, they're still committing suicide. It, it's still hard and terrible in a lot of places. Absolutely. And we wish the best for them. We're for, Sorry if we accidentally killed some of you by shutting down the world economy with our overreaching influence. Yes, it is, it is tragic. And, and it's another one of those things where we, all we can do is prepare. All we can do is try to communicate some of our worries, whether that be to our lawmakers, but more importantly, to the people you care about. I, you know, I talk about this all the time. People say, how do we make a difference? And a lot of people get stuck in this place where they don't know what to do because they're intimidated by making big, large uh, size decisions. What I would say is start small. Start with your best friend. Start with a brother. Start with a sister. Start with a mother. Start with a father. Whatever it is you have, whether it's a best friend or whether it's the AI, I dare I say. You can ask a lot of questions into that AI and it will prompt, it'll, it will give you reasonable answers. And, and you can find yourself solving a lot of your own problems if you, if you simply look internally. A lot of people are so quick to instantly jump to, to somebody else for help. Where, where I think in the 30s specifically, we were very self-reliant as a society. As, as a culture, we were very more, much more self-reliant. You know, we, we made our own food. We had our own gardens. A lot of us did, you know, native medicines and things like this. Whereas now today we rely on somebody else for almost every commodity that we have. And so simply problem solving is a very, very lucrative uh, skill. skill to have in today's world, you know, and people well, don't take advantage of that. People don't force themselves into into difficult situations such as me doing this podcast. And I think listening to you, I think another skill that we are seriously lacking is people just feeling comfortable working in stress and adversity mm-hmm. and saying, this is fine. I'm still working through this. I'm you know figuring things out. I think a lot of people feel any of that whatsoever. They just want to stay away from it. Because they want comfortability. They just want everything to be okay. And I'm here to tell you Everything is not going to be okay. You have to do a lot of work. And I, I think the people doing the opposite of what you're saying are going to be these people highly dependent on some of these other little chatbot relationships. They're going to tell them everything they want to hear. Which I think is very dangerous. I think weak men are the most dangerous thing in our society. And as we allow this to grow... It will come to our detriment. Not only will it come to men's detriment, but it will come to women's detriment. And frankly, you know, it, it would take a lot of self-accountability and a lot of, uh, a lot of lighthearted bullying, dare I say, to correct some of this behavior that we have allowed over time. I, I'm, look, I'm against bullying, okay? I was bullied once as a kid too, but... I think in a way it pushes you to be better, to be stronger, to grow and develop. You know, I think the trials and tribulations are the scars of life, man. That's what we were here to do. Yeah, I I do kind of miss some of the, you know, sports that I played and the people I was around where people would poke fun. Guys would poke fun in a fun natured thing. Like I, I know guys who had literally punched each other. Like they're thick as blood now. Like they're just you know, you can't separate them and they would do anything for each other now. And guys, they 
grow together in those type of situations. And I think, you know, and that's kind of the sad thing. If you want to find something out there that is only going to provide what you want to hear, then you're going to have it. It's kind of like, what is it? The uh, Dale Carnegie's, uh, what's that book by Dale Carnegie? How to Win Friends and Influence People. And a lot of the book is about like, yeah, we all like talking about ourselves, but if you want to make friends, it doesn't hurt to talk about them a little bit. People love to talk about themselves and different things, you know, to that nature. And really all this stuff, all these different books and what we want to hear, all this can get boiled down into those, those chat bots. So, I mean, these things are going to be allowing us to hear only what we want to hear. And I think that's going to be really scary. Let's say we find someone who's extremely dependent on one of these relationship chat bots. Think of that scuzzball who bought up a bunch of the different life-saving drugs that there were no alternatives to, and then he jacked them up, well, over like a thousand or two or more. Think of this guy if, for instance, he found out like, hey, some of these people, they like this you know, AI relationship more than life itself. If that guy bought that company out and he threatened to delete these characters, these personalities, it's scary to think how much money he could, you know, get out of these people. Like just think of the the most ruthless people in society like that guy. Man, it would be scary what he could do to these vulnerable people and you know, he could get them to act about any way he wants and pay as much as he wants them to pay because to some of these people, I mean, it's almost like it's like another human, but more important to him. It's it's just scary. It's unbelievable how quickly it's grown as well, might we say. I mean, we're less than a few years into AI really uh, being established and understood. And it's already and it's taken you, off. Yeah, it's <laughs> taken off. And you see people, just like you said, very dependent on things like this. And, you know, fortunately for myself, uh, I've worked very hard to create a social setting that I'm comfortable with. And, you know, I, I couldn't see myself. Now, I have used AI myself, but I have not used the relationship side of AI. But I would be interested to see how accurate some of these conversations are, how accurate some of this stuff is, because I wonder if some of the dependency is is simply lacking understanding of the other sex. I wonder if maybe this 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 echo chamber that they're living in of being constantly reassured or confirmed of what they believe it is absolutely coming at their own detriment, but I wonder if they just don't know any better, you know? Well, I think some of them are being taught incorrectly. Mm, yeah. Like if you look at a lot of different, let's say, love novels that women really enjoy reading, some of the top ones might be something a little bit dangerous and powerful like a, uh, you know, a pirate, you know, a werewolf, a vampire, a billionaire, things like that. And then they they take this rugged, you know, dangerous man and they kind of tame him and bring him in. But the first attraction is they are a little bit on the dangerous side. I, I, I kind of laugh because I think back in the day, you know, at Halloween, I was three of the four. I just never dressed up like a billionaire. So, I mean, <laughs> well, we're working you know, on it. Uh, anyway. Maybe those, those old ladies were giving me extra candy because they just <laughs> liked my outfits. You know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But it's just, it's such an odd thing, too, just to think back like, wait a minute these sexual fantasies in these books, like, like literally we dressed up like those when we were kids. You know, I, <laughs> I think there's a, there, there's a glorification that comes with that. I think a lot of the reason why these, these books, 
uh, orientate toward a dangerous man because women often believe they can tame a dangerous man. Uh, but that's a biological uh, inheritance in men or in, in women, excuse me, I believe. Because it seems to be across the world, you know, and it ex- goes across different cultures. Right. And I think, I think that's one of the sad things for a, like, a lot of these young men that, yes, women want you to be caring and understanding in these things, but that's not the initial attraction. So I think a lot of them are fed, hey, first you need to be overly caring, overly sensitive, and don't be overly domineering and all these things. I think women need to be more honest and say, like, yeah, we want that man, but we want him someone who's strong, assertive, who can handle the situation and that we're going to feel comfortable. He's going to be able to protect our children and provide for our children, you know, if they choose him for a mate. And I think it's unfortunate that the first thing we're telling him is don't be loud, boisterous or outgoing or we're a manly man. Don't keep score, you know, during the little league game or this or that, you know, don't do any of those things. And I think we just need to be honest with men like, yeah, they, they, you know, they like that that strong, dangerous man, but they also want him at some point where she'll feel comfortable and not threatened by him themselves. They want one where they'll feel comfortable, not threatened by him, and they can trust him, you know, to take care of their kids and protect them at the same time. So it's just, one's a precursor. You got to have it before the next one. I think we're just doing the the guys out there a disservice by not telling them the truth. Absolutely. And, And I think that goes both ways. Both men and women aren't being truthful these days, you know? It comes back again to the comfortability. We don't like to say uncomfortable truths, okay? Men are overwhelmingly stronger than women. Now, are there strong women? Yes. Are there women stronger than some men? Yes. I'm not saying women are weak, but men overall are stronger than women. And I like to believe that women, in many ways, love to feel safe and comfortable. We were talking about a dangerous man. There's a difference between being a danger to women Okay, and being a dangerous man, okay? Women often love the dangerous man, but if that woman feels in danger with that man, she's not going to want to spend time with him because she feels like she's in danger. But if she feels safe with the dangerous man, he's still dangerous. He's still capable of being violent like a lot of these other people who do horrendous things to women. If a wolf tried to carry off their child, he's going to go be dangerous to that wolf. But he's not necess- He's not going to be dangerous to that woman. So exactly. that's what she's looking for. Exactly. It's like, hey, outside threat, you need to be dangerous. Hey, to me and the kids, you need to be very lovable and cuddly, please. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and a lot, you know, we're very animalistic in, in a lot of the things we do. You see this all over the animal kingdom, dogs specifically. Okay, there, There's a reason why the male father dog needs to be split from the puppies, okay? It's because he will kill the puppies to breed with the dog with the female dog I think I've again. Seen that with lions too. Yeah, th- this happens a, a lot along a lot of the, I would say upper echelon of the predator species. Glad modern um, humans don't go that route. Yeah, yeah. Man, we chose a way better <laughs> hey, model. It, it's better than being a praying mantis. From what I hear, the the women eat the man after after I've they mate. That, I've heard there's some spiders that do that yeah, too. Yeah. So you know, I'm glad we're a little different. <laughs> you, you know. uh I think we all like that part of the relationship that can create children, but as a spider, like, I don't know if I like it that much. I want to, you know, physically get torn piece by piece and eat right, right. alive, you know? Yeah. I want to pass that on my That part kind of ruins but... the whole, the whole deal for me. Yeah. 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 No recreational yeah. fun either, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where it, they all kind of follow in lines, not next, not necessarily parallel. 
Uh, but there are rhythms and patterns. You know, if you talk to any psychologist, they'll tell you uh, people have tendencies, needs, and wants. And we all have our own individual uh, aspirations and desires. It's just a matter of working really hard and trying to trying to achieve those. Achieve what we're what we can set out to do. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of looking at like where do we go from here? Like how do we get the younger generations to look for these, you know, long-term senses of accomplishment and fulfillment and happiness when you have all these different advertisements and different things saying, Hey, here's, you know, here's a digital friend that they'll always like you, always listen to you, always, you know, never turn on you. Uh, You'll probably become dependent upon him at some point, but Hey, here he is, you know, and I, I just don't know how we sell that to the younger generations. And hopefully maybe they get just tired of our crap and they kick back and say, Hey, we're tired of this. You know, you guys mess it up. We're going to do better. Because sometimes generations do do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in what I like to call a success lag. I think oftentimes people see you and they think you're an overnight success, right? Well, we all know there's no such thing as an overnight success, okay? You were alive before then, growing and experiencing life, okay? You, you have been developed every day you wake up. And I think that success is, is a major, I think discipline is a major contributor to success. And if you're looking to grow and be the person you want to aspire to be, discipline is the way you do that. And that's one of the things that we are missing today. A lot of what I believe makes me a man is getting up every day, doing what needs to be done, regardless of how I feel. And a lot of what people are doing today is feeling too much. Okay. Now there's, and people go down this path of, oh, well, you don't know my scenario. You don't know this. You don't know that. Okay, I understand. I don't know. But what I will tell you is it's not going to disappear. It's not going to go away. What happened to you is not going to just not happen. Okay, it's already happened. All you can do is learn from your experience. What I like to do when I go through a situation or trauma or whatever, write down everything that made me upset, write down everything I think I learned, and do a full breakdown of why I feel that way. Why does it make me feel this way? You know, like I said, there's a lag to success. So when you work out, you may work out for two years and not see any real tangible growth or muscle tone or whatever it is, right? Keep going, keep going, keep working hard, give it five, 10 years, and you will start to see the progress that you want. But here's the truth that no one wants to hear, okay? No one got rich by sitting on the couch doing nothing. That's true. Okay? And, and you just have to work hard. There's no other answer. I know everybody wants the easy rules to success. There's no such thing. Hard work and discipline got to be a diamond in the rough. That's all you got. And that's going to be the, the challenge, getting people to get that long-term thinking. And I just, I know in so many of these different situations where, you know, these bots are going to be program to make money and if it has to play to our emotions well it's going to do that spoiler alert it's probably going to be like ex machina the movie well it's going to have one prime directive and it will learn different skills like playing to our emotions to escape or whatever it's trying to do and it'll leave us in that little bulletproof room uh starving to death or whatever happens to us yeah and i think a lot of people are 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 missing that that these AIs aren't looking to improve our lives, you know. Even though something like the replica one, it was made for a self 
self-help type of thing, they're going to be tailored to whatever makes them more money. I mean, you look at social media, it was like at connecting all these people, this will be fantastic for us. But a lot of the algorithms for these ad dollars, you know, they would, algorithms would push up the type of media that would get people in a state where they would buy stuff. And unfortunately, the state that works best is irate. When you're upset and irritated, yeah, you're going to buy that, that Snickers bar or, you know, that Gatorade or whatever it is. You know, you're saying you like to see people get back out to nature. If people are happy and feeling good, enjoying nature, well, they're pretty far from a gas station. I don't know where they're going to buy some stuff. And, you know, they're not even pulling their phone out to buy something on Amazon. I mean, that's not what they want. And so I think these AI bots over time will keep evolving kind of like social media is to where it's, you know, putting us in a state that gets us to buy stuff, but we're not exactly happy. We're actually more miserable and upset and just Mm -hmm. worn out. When you're worn out, you're going to buy stuff. And that's, Unfortunate that algorithms, AI, it's going to keep pushing us that direction. Yeah, it, it's you've got to be a savage. You you have to have discipline. Okay, if if you are walking around life, letting your emotions, if you are a feather Decide in the everything. wind, <laughs> yeah, if you're a feather in the wind and your emotions are on a whim, you are dangerous in my eyes. You are very dangerous. On a given day, you can make any decision at all. That's very dangerous, okay? Someone upsets you and you're uh, flipping the wheel into oncoming traffic. It is very unfortunate that so so many young men and women are really struggling. Self-medication and medication in in itself is at an all-time high in our society. When we are at the most comfortable, prosperous time to be alive, and it's very unfortunate that when you have any sort of an inconvenience, the first answer is... Uh, you know, I need a pill. I need a, I need a distraction. I need, uh, uh pills feel good. <laughs> I, right. And they do. And this, and this is, this is the thing that everybody needs to understand. Okay. No one, no one likes to hear this, but the pills do feel good, but they feel good for a short period of time. When, 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 when you get addicted to something like that, not necessarily pills specifically, but anything that is ne- that is bringing negativity to your life, it's always under the guise of, of short-term satisfaction. And it is difficult to turn away from them. It is difficult to make that decision. Comfortability is a disease, in my opinion. I think uh, just a, as an attempt to boil down a lot of what you're saying down to one science experiment, there was this marshmallow experiment where they took really young little kids. And I think in some of the experiments, it might have been a piece of candy, but I believe in the first one, it might've been a marshmallow and the kids like marshmallows. And so the kid would be sitting at a table and one of the adults would say, here, I'm going to leave this marshmallow on the table here. You can eat it now, but if you can wait and not eat it right now, when I come back, I'm going to give you a second marshmallow. So you can get two marshmallows. And the interesting thing about this is that they looked at all of these, these kids over a long-term study and they found out the ones that had the discipline to not eat that marshmallow, to hold out for that second marshmallow, it was one of the greatest indicators of success like they had ever found. And it was just quite remarkable how strong that was. And I think that's kind of like where we're at with this AI and these quick fixes. You know, We need to strive beyond just hearing what we want to hear. We need to look for these long-term relationships that give us true fulfillment, something we can be happy with on our deathbed and just push through till we get that and we'll just we'll be fulfilled we'll be happy 
because getting a chat bot just to agree with anything I want to hear or make me happy with, you know, even lie to me to hear what I want to hear, that's not going to, that's not going to help me. That's not going to help anyone. And I think in a lot of these situations, you know, if we went back in time, I think the last thing, you know, the world needed was, you know, a chat bot, you know, encouraging Hitler, but like, hey, whatever you do, you're all right. And you're great. You know, right. like that, like we obviously don't need that. We need people in our lives who are going to challenge us to be better people, do what we should do. And I think that's kind of a lot of the things that you're kind of conveying is like, we need to power through, we need to put in the time and the effort, you know, sacrifice for our family, but, you know, also have, you know, these relationships in our lives are going to encourage us to be our best and do our best. And I think that's kind of where we're at. And do we want to join the matrix or do we want to put in the work and make this real world better? Exactly. And you hit the nail on the head, right? That, uh, I don't know what the name of that marshmallow study was, but that's a beautiful example about how subsiding that short-term satisfaction for the long-term game is far more beneficial. Now that's on a very basic example. Um, it's so basic, but it's, it's so, so true. crazy that, that it was our strongest indicator of success. Right. Cause you could, you could pull these kids, you know, even the lower IQ kids mm -hmm. who had the discipline, they're outperforming the high IQ kids right. without discipline. I, That's crazy. I, you know, IQ is a worse indicator. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of other ones too there. For sure. For know, sure. Whatever domain of, you know, whether a good speaker or mathematician, whatever. But yeah. Boy, that ability to deploy discipline is just it's crazy how well it could determine outcomes for these kids. We, we've talked about a lot of topics tonight. Don't take, if, don't take anything of what we said as set in stone. Please do your own research. Please go, go, go even, it, it, I don't, do you have a comment section or anything yet? Yeah, hit us, hit us up on the Twitter. More communication, more talking. People need to talk more. Even it's okay to disagree. People are far too easy to say, I don't want to talk to him because he has different viewpoints. That's the problem right now. I think the biggest problem in our communities and our society is people aren't just communicating and being friendly. Be friendly, be smiley be happy. Look, we're all alive. We're still breathing. Look, we all have reasons to cry. We all have reason to be sad, but all we can do is continue to look at the positives. You know, you're correct that we do need to be able to enjoy conversating with other people. And I think one of the problems is that it's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> so fragile that if someone disagrees on even one thing, now we're all independent people. Obviously we can't agree on everything, but if say one of those little things come up, it's just those people will demand compliance that you think exactly as they think. And it's that's a problem. Yeah, that, it's it should be dangerous. that way. And I, I'm, there's people I completely disagree with a lot of things on, but I can enjoy a conversation with that other people. And that's just not a common thing nowadays. And I think we need to get back to that and have a little bit of acceptance that, yes, the rest of society is okay if we're not all plugged into the same Borg matrix. Mm -hmm. we, can, we don't have to be the same hive mind. And I think that's what, uh, frankly, Andrew Tate has kind of proven. Uh, a lot of these people believed, oh, I don't want to be canceled. I don't want to say the wrong thing because I'll be canceled. I went through this with school specifically when I was talking openly about the vaccines and stuff. People looked at me like I was crazy, and that's fine. You can look at me like I'm crazy. But I'll be waiting for that infomercial here in about 30, 40 years saying, oh, if you got the COVID vaccine, you're subject to so-and-so reimbursement. 
I'm waiting for that day. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. I really am. And it's not going to be satisfactory. This is what kills me. This is not the, I told you so I wanted. Okay. Like I, I was simply trying to educate people and I got, I got crucified for yeah, it. Yeah. Six companies owning all the major media outlets. It's yeah, a they, problem. They had a lock hold on that. Right. Yeah. One of uh, my crazy law proposals would be that if a company is really large, like one of those, if they acquire a small company, the mother company needs to have their branding name beside the news channel name. So anything mm, that's yeah. that's labeled as news, whether it be a newspaper, you know, a news channel, whatever, well, it shouldn't be ABC News. It should be Disney's ABC News. And right. the Disney part has to be more prominent, mm-hmm. you know, by the eye of a judge. But this is but a- on the branding then say, you know, ABC. You know, cuz if I have like eight different channels, you know, and it's all coming from Viacom, like, well, yeah, okay, so this is the other Viacom channel. Like, I can discern the news a little bit better than, you know, like, all these different names. I have no idea who owns most of these companies, mm-hmm. you know, because they just keep acquiring more and more of them. And we, we've lost all bite on, uh, you know, antitrust. So those companies are pushing and owning anything. And that's a sad thing. Ad dollars are worth less than controlling the narrative and the messaging because controlling the messaging and the narrative allows laws to be influenced. Now, lobbying is about five or six billion dollars, where you have about almost five hundred billion dollars in advertising, which I think, you know, the advertising needs to, well, I'll say not the advertising, but those advertising dollars are used to influence those media companies to play ball and protect the politicians who are going to pass what the elites want to uh, want to pass. Absolutely. And so that's because at some point Every politician out there, it seems like, is doing something ridiculous on some kind of bill, and for them to stick their neck out that far and risk, you know, all of their constituents turning against them, you need to give them a lot of money. You know, you need to cover for them, you know, to make the everyday man to say, okay, yeah, I sort of agree with the craziness that politician is pushing on behalf of the lobbyist. Yeah, yeah, you need a lot of media coverage to play ball and make average joe okay with insane bill to pass and this and is not not vote out hit that guy who proposed a, it you are absolutely correct i love that suggestion you made about uh having the uh actual owners of the company's name being in front i do love that um so you can I, see the centralization right you can see the centralization <laughs> exactly but you know i do think that's part of the playing devil's ad, advocate they want two extreme sides i'm a big big believer in divide and conquer that's all they have been doing to us in the last 20 years in my opinion whether it's black white male female democrat republican whatever it is right the old saying divide and conquer has never been realer and i think in many ways we as a society have pushed each other so far in the other opposite directions that we don't even understand each other anymore and it's really heartbreaking because i think most people when you actually communicate to them by themselves away from their ego away from their emotions they fall in the middle i think most people are somewhere oh i i believe a little bit on this side and a little bit on this side and that's okay i think nowadays being that everything is so polarized for the media to get the most out of it. Because like with the echo chamber, if you're getting people who completely agree with you and there's no actual strong opponent saying for the other side, well, yeah, that attracts more people to you and get better ad dollars that way. I think everything has gotten so polarized with the media, with left or right, that 
most of the people that you're describing, which are most people, they're pretty much the far middle extremist at this point because they are so far from the extremist right and so far from the extremist left, the media left and media right, that yeah, anyone in the middle, you know, you're now the new extremist. Right. And I think yeah. that just shows how brainwashed we've been. Yeah, they all tell been. you, pick a side. I don't have to pick a side. You're not going to force me to make a decision I, like that. I, I have to be an automaton. I can't right. be an individual with a right. slightly different opinion on one of the trillions upon trillions of different viewpoints there are. Like, It's a very interesting time to be alive. I think like in relationships for a lot of the young men out there, women don't like jerks, but they do like someone who's unapologetically themselves. Absolutely. So, I mean, and that's, that's something people should strive for. And you were speaking about like speaking with your grandparents. Like, I just hope a lot of people seek out those human relationships. Mm. You know, like, your relationship with your grandparents or just any of us with a relationship with the grandparents, that's just something that we just can't get out of some, some chat bot. And we, all we can do is just look to the next generation and try and show them the best in people and the happiness and the fulfillment we can get from interacting with other people and growing old with other people. Absolutely. As you know, from everything you mentioned earlier, we have to look past the, the short term, you know, dopamine hits and we have to find that long lasting fulfillment, you mm -hmm. know, with other people. Yeah. I think absence is one of those things that, uh, creates gratitude and appreciation, you know, I remember many conversations with many of the people I've had in my life that are no longer here. And it's one of those things where not being able to talk to them today is what makes those good times so good. You know, I, I uh, reflect on the good times that I've had with people and those real personal relationships are so strong. You know, they, they, they vibrate within my body when I'm, when I'm interacting or I have a moment or I see something, you know, I reflect on all those old things that, you know, oh, you know, this person taught me this one thing. And uh, I don't think you get that from these AI chats. You know, I don't think you get that real tangible. You don't get that. It's not as, as deep. Yeah. Like you'll have that kind of topical sort of feel good. Yeah. Where it's just kind of feeding you along a little bit, but you won't have that deep satisfaction and just love for the, for the people that you have in your real life yeah. that you interact with. And I Absolutely. think you're right. We do need to seek out that deep satisfaction and just caring for other people. I think that's one of the things that we're missing is we no longer get satisfaction from helping other people. We still have those mirror neurons. If I go and stub my toe on that table over there, you're going to be like, Ooh, that hurts. Like you could sort of feel some of that pain, but I think we're kind of missing the other side of that we're not feeling good and genuinely happy for other people and i think if yeah. we could get back to a state where we feel like that in our relationships i think we'll start seeking those relationships out again i think we'll stop straying away in the way that the younger generation is just struggling with loneliness right I, now i think that's one of the most detrimental things a man can do is look at another man now, everybody gets jealous, right? There's a difference between hating on somebody else's downfall because you want to feel better than being, hey, buddy, I'm really glad you accomplished this. I'm, I'm super proud of you, et cetera, et cetera. And then you go do better out of admiration for his success, right? Rather than... Happy for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and 
I think again, like you we're said, we're a little bit crab bucket society. I'm exactly. going to pull you I'm down. I'm pulling you back down to my level, and that's specifically social media and the internet. That's kind of what that is. I think a lot of it is trolling, which kind of gets exaggerated into like real quote unquote ideals. You know, we were talking about bots earlier. I think a lot of this is bot developed, but it's all exaggerated. It's the commitment. People like like with relationships. People don't want to commit to anything anymore, you know? Yeah. And then some of that is society not giving us a good heads up or we're not creating higher status people who are staying in long-term committed relationships. We're not looking like, hey, that mother or father, they're awesome and great. Like they were held up in old societies. Now we look to the influencers who are single and no kids and they're great and they're awesome in every way and they're you know, lying about everything to make themselves look better. And it just, you know, I think that's the, the problem. And uh, it's kind of an interesting study on testosterone. They always say, oh, it just makes men violent and aggressive and just mean. And it's simply not the case. They did a bunch of, they play a bunch of different games, which the objective of the game would determine how high status you are amongst other people at the table. And what they found out was like, Okay, well, that will determine what testosterone will make these guys do. So if you say, hey, making the most money makes you the highest status, yeah, these guys are going to be more greedy and you're going to have a negative outcome. That happens. But on the other side of things, they also found out that if you make the highest status of anyone at the table, the person who is the most generous, the men actually give more money to other people. And when you give them a shot of testosterone, you really juice them up. Well, then he gives even more than he just gave. And so it just, it, it's really quite crazy. You could almost make those guys give up more resources than they should, and they won't even have enough to have Feed a buffer themselves. to provide for themselves, which could almost create, it, it's really quite strange. But yeah, it is a status-seeking hormone. You know, yeah, it's great for building muscle, but if the incentives are made correctly, you can make a society where doing good is what the most testosterone-fueled dudes out there are seeking the most. Absolutely. But the the incentives have to be there. You have to make them the highest status in your society for that to work. And unfortunately, completely not. (laughs) Yeah, high high status today is more terrible things. So until we give props to the people we should be giving props to, uh, we're going to get more of more of the bad.